Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to our Tour de France Rest Day podcast. Today we're joined once again by Marco Haller to talk all about the stages we've seen so far and what's still to come in the biggest race of the year. So Marco, thanks for returning to the podcast mid-tour to join us again. Thanks for having me. And as always, I'm joined by my colleague Andreas Hartmann. Hello again. So Marco, let's kick things off by talking about the opening few stages in Denmark. Tell us about the atmosphere there. What did you expect and what was it really like when you got there? Well, I think uh, we need to admit that Denmark was even cooler than every one of us expected. The fans were massive, the crowds huge. Uh, although it was then a, a little uh, miserable weather, we still had a fantastic atmosphere around the time trial course. And uh, I think uh, every one of the riders really enjoyed to have the fans back on the road and uh, the first two road stages. They were just phenomenal and uh, stress, stress pure. But now uh, when you look back uh, about, the, about the scenery, about the, about the fans, the supporters, uh, I think a really, really cool uh, ground apart. Marco, um, when you're talking more about the race now, can you explain your role as the road captain, as the road captain a bit? Well, um, I think I'm the rider with the most uh, starts of the Tour de France uh, so far. So I bring uh, uh, a fair bit of experience to the team. And uh, that's exactly where I uh, want to help the team in case uh, of some stress in the race or just to make the connection from the race car to the riders. Uh, it's uh, many times me who has a call, also Niels, uh, just to... Um, yeah, uh, take on the tactics we prepared or maybe adjust them a little bit. And uh, yeah, I kind of try to help uh, mostly Alex uh, to be at the right moment, at the right place to avoid uh, a big trouble. And uh, yeah, guiding him uh, through the bunch as long as I can. So you're basically the sports director within the riders and you organize the the riders and the team during the race yeah kind of sports director on a bike <laughs> <laughs> so going back to denmark now you've told us about the atmosphere and how it was to be there um but tell us a little about the actual racing that happened was there as much chaos as expected was there as much wind to cause havoc that you thought there was going to be how did all of that go well the course itself was really fantastic we had some uh, crazy nice scenery going along the coast and then eventually also over this massive bridge that was absolutely uh, a big and great experience um the the first two days were as stressy as everyone expected uh, we had uh, uh almost traditional crashes and pileups uh, in the first week so uh that was just uh, um, like everyone uh, knew already what gonna happen but uh, you could also see that uh, everyone was really uh, under a lot of tension we had uh, many gc teams riding next to each other well you might say that uh, in uh, in television it looked a little bit boring because brakes were coming back although no team was really pulling but we were just going like 50k per hour next to each other 
it was very intense for us, especially for the domestics. I think uh, Niels and I had uh, a huge job there in the first days and uh, it was very demanding. But uh, as you mentioned already, the atmosphere it was uh, absolutely worth it. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it personally. One of the best uh, ground reports I've done so far, I must admit. It sounds like there was a lot of work for the road captain, Marco Holler, right? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I mean, uh, this badge road captain, okay, it's uh, it's nice and uh, it gives you also uh, just a feeling of being old already because this is usually <laughs> what happens. You just give it to the oldest guy in the team and then you're the road captain because uh, uh, everyone knows that uh, you need uh, seven other very strong riders next to you. Otherwise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think Bora Hansgrohe has uh, shown a big character in this first week. Uh, we have uh, big engines in the start. We are really in uh, top condition. We had a little bit of bad luck, obviously. We cannot uh, deny that. But uh, I think the character and uh, the motivation we are showing is uh, exceptional. And it's really great uh, to ride with these uh, guys. Now, the Roubaix stage, there was definitely a lot of build up to that one. And it went pretty well for the team. Can you talk us through that a little? So what were the roles of the guys in the team on that day? What was your goal and how did you work towards achieving that together? Yeah, it was uh, a very another very intense day. Uh, everyone kind of knew what's coming up because like the cobbles of Roubaix, they are obviously very demanding and especially uh, you don't always do uh, such a race uh, with GC guys. So it definitely... Uh, gave uh, this race a little bit of spice but uh, we were well prepared um, um, we had a few issues at the beginning with uh, Alex puncturing after the first cobbled sector and uh, there it was me who had to take uh, care of him and sacrifice uh, uh, myself a little bit to get him back uh, to the front end of the race and for the rest of the day uh, it was a super strong uh, Danny van Poppel, Max Schachmann, Niels Pollitt they were all very very good indeed and uh, that uh, resulted in a in a very good uh, stage for us. Alex he looked very strong during the first stages but then the crash happened. Um, can you explain our listeners why a crash can have such an impact on the rider's performance? Um, yeah I mean it's the the simple thing that you you do a lot of damage to your body and you uh, with all these wounds, uh, with uh, torn muscles and uh, just the injured body, you probably have a you don't have a good uh, sleep at night. So all these little things uh, um, add up to to having a a big problem. And then obviously the crash came in a very um, bad moment, very bad stage because uh, the day after was the the huge test up to La Planche de Befier and. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's never a good moment to crash, but this moment was um, very bad indeed. But uh, yet again, we need to give a lot of credit to Alex's uh, fighting spirit because uh, how he hang on there. Also yesterday, where he's still like uh, uh, paying uh, for for his injuries. Um, big fighting spirit, a lot of credit to him there. Talking a bit more about Alex, how do you think in particular he's been going over the past few days and how do you think he's going to cope over the next few stages? Well, he was uh, shining in these first days. I mean, uh, obviously, as a GC rider, you don't shine in results in the, in the flatter stages of the tour. But uh, how he was uh, following the team and how he was handling his bike was 
very good, very exceptional, like uh, pure class. And uh, then we came to this uh, stupid uh, crash that happened. Uh, it was really just like, I mean, there was no uh, um, security stuff uh, at the road, at this road divider. We just came, or they just came around the corner and... Uh, there was this uh, road island in the middle and it was just pure bad luck. It is, that, that's really frustrating because if uh, a crash uh, happens due to uh, a mistake you are doing, you can at least uh, uh, blame yourself. But in that case, it was pure bad luck and that uh, hurt it even more. But uh, after that, like we said already, it was a little bit up and down. Uh, he proved that uh, he's among with the best already on that day where he crashed, where he fought it back. Then obviously paying a little bit on Planche de la Béfier. Uh The day after, again, he's up there uh, with the very best. And then uh, the next high mountain stage where he uh, had to suffer through pain again and uh, rely on his teammates. So uh, I think this uh, first rest day is very well needed for everyone, but uh, also especially for Alex. And uh, we hope he can recover, lick his wounds and then we go again. Still a lot of racing left. When we talk about the first week of, of the tour, of course we have to talk about uh, stage seven. There was that brilliant effort from the team and especially from Lenny up to Super Planche de Belfi. Was it exactly planned like that? To be honest, yes, pretty much. Like uh, We knew that uh, this is uh, probably the first chance for a breakaway to, to really make it to the finish line and... Uh, Lenny and also Max, they already ticked this stage uh, in their book to give it a good go. And uh, so it was uh, the entire team that tried to force them in, into the breakaway and to really have both riders there uh, in, the, in, the, in the breakaway was uh, another very good performance of the team. And then uh, the class to, to be there to the very end, uh, like uh, Lenny and Max showed, and then especially Lenny, with this huge effort up to this uh, nasty climb. Uh, it was really pure drama and, uh, yeah, I would say almost a little bit unfair that he was caught uh, so close to the finish line. Tell us a little more about your role on a day like that and how you can support the climbers on, on, such, a, on such a tough day. Well, um, I'm in, on such a day I'm trying to float around with them in the in the in the front part of the peloton to have it a little bit uh, under control which riders and which teams are going in a breakaway and uh, uh, which not and then obviously you only want to let the break go that has the right formation and um, ideally a rider of us obviously and uh, that's uh, pretty much everything I can do I mean uh, even if I might end up with uh, a climber it's not that bad because I can at least uh, do the work before or if a rider like Niels is there, like it was yesterday uh, with Connie. So uh, there are a few options you can play. But uh, obviously the most important thing is to get the key rider into that break and if not, bring the break back or at least keep the jumping going. So uh, that's uh, mostly the thing uh, I'm doing there in the early stages of uh, the race. So after a stage like that, that's so close, what was the atmosphere like in the bus afterwards or, or at dinner? How long does it take you guys to mentally recover from such a close finish like that to then be able to focus on, okay, we'll get it the next time? 
Well, you could really feel that uh, the entire staff and riders were feeling uh, with Lenny. It was really, I mean, his individual performance in that moment, but uh, uh, a plan from the entire team. So everyone, everyone was really on it and feeling with him. Also myself, uh, I was uh, climbing up slowly, slowly that climb uh, after I've done my job with uh, Felix and we were still with our earpiece uh, on and listening to, to the radio and uh, feeling with Lenny uh, how he was fighting at the front and uh, Rolf uh, keeping, uh, like, uh, motivating him and being vocal on the radio and trying to, to push him to the line. So everyone was really feeling with him. And then, uh, obviously, you're a little bit, uh, yeah, frustrated would be the, the wrong word because, like, there are a, a, f a few more chances to come. But obviously, you're a little bit disappointed also because like it's always the it feels like it's always the same few guys who are winning and then you just think like ah oh, it uh, it should have been us on that day and uh, yeah unfortunately it wasn't okay i think now we we wrapped up week number one and uh, so let's look forward to the second week now do you think alex can recover honestly i think yes i do I mean, there's, um, like we said before, a lot of racing left. But uh, on the other hand, it just proves again that uh, we are talking here about top-level cycling. I mean, this is the most important race of the entire year. Everyone is in top shape there. And if you miss like uh, 5%, you go nowhere. Or at least it's the difference between uh, riding among the top 10s or just being uh, 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 somewhere in the midfield. And you need uh, the full 100%. Um, if he can get back there uh, quick enough, he will be there. I mean, he's showed uh, many times throughout the year that uh, he, he is a high-class rider. So uh, at the moment, there's no reason why to shift away from this uh, plan A. And without giving away too much, when and where do you think we can expect some fireworks from the team again, be it in terms of GC or guys in the break trying to take a stage win? With uh, GC, I think you need to be a little bit flexible, or we need, yeah, we need to be a little bit flexible because you really need to see it day by day. And uh, Alex, in particular, need to tell the guys uh, when he thinks he's ready to maybe attack and get a few seconds back. And uh, for the stage hunting scenario, I think we are very well prepared for any stage at the moment because with Connie and Lenny. Um, we have um, top climbers who can uh, uh, succeed in the high mountains uh, with Niels. He proved it already last year on the flatter stages. He he can win one. And uh, Danny van Poppel, he had some very promising uh, results in the sprint finishes in the early days. So I think whatever the outcome of the stage, whatever the race is going or however the race is going, we, we can uh, have a word. And uh, that's certainly the the way we want to go, and we want to be present there. And uh, yeah, we will only be happy if we win at least a stage. When we look at the race in a bit more a general way, when do you think Chumbo uh, also Ineos will make a move? They probably have to. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's pretty much the same for everyone. You need to stay attentive and see whenever. Uh, um, an opportunity is rising because uh, maybe there will come the day where uh, Pogacar will struggle a bit or uh, have a little bit of bad luck um, 
On the other hand, uh, it can also be his team that he will be isolated or whatever. I mean, Ineos in particular and also Jumbo, they are there in numbers. But um, also we can uh, be 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 there with uh, a few riders. So also there is the opportunity that other teams might uh, create kind of an alliance to 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 attack uh, Pogacar because obviously he is now the man to chase and uh, everyone is trying to beat him. And finally, Marco, tell us, how are you personally feeling in the lead up to a week that's going to have such tough mountain stages coming up? Um, at the moment, I feel quite confident because my personal shape is is very good. I'm healthy. I'm doing well. So uh, in case uh, nothing really bad happens to myself, like a crash or a little illness or whatever, uh, I should be all right by surviving these races. So I'm not in particular very, very uh, nervous or whatever. Uh, it's a little bit even the other way around that I'm really looking forward of uh, going up up to S and enjoying uh, those big uh, cycling stadiums again and the crowds and the fans. So um, I'm actually looking forward. So on Alptuers, we know that there's always crazy crowds as usual, and probably the craziest crowds of them lot of them all would probably be found in the Bora event. That's going to be one k from the finish. So, are you going to look forward to to waving to the guys and have them cheer you on, Marco? Absolutely. For me, I mean, it it already feels that uh, there are many many spectators around wearing a team kit or Bora Hansgrohe cap or whatever. So. Uh, um, obviously, when my job is done and I can uh, take it a little bit easier, it gives me also a little bit time to look around. And it's incredible how many fans uh, in uh, our branded uh, kit and caps and merch we can we can see around. And it gives you a really good feeling as a rider that you have uh, such a boost from your uh, spectator. So I can't wait. Uh, if they will be there uh, on Alptuers, make it a good body. Um, I can just tell them that we, the riders, we feel it, we see it. Uh, and we absolutely enjoy it. So um, I might give them a wave if I have time. But if you stop by at the Bora event, don't forget to uh, to still cross the finish line afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. We have then time for party in Paris, I hope. Okay, that's great to hear. And Marco, we wish you all the best for the upcoming stages. And thanks very much for taking some time out of your tour rest day to join us once again. It was a pleasure. I hope uh, I could give you a little bit of the insight how we are feeling there and uh, keep the fingers crossed for the reminder of the race and uh, hope uh, we'll make it till Paris. Good luck. Thank you, guys. And as always, thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us. And be sure to stay tuned for our upcoming Tour de France podcast from the very next rest day. 